All right, welcome everybody to another episode of We All Speak in Poems. Today I am chatting with Jason Collar. Uh, he is the mastermind behind the Ambient Project Western Mind, and he's also a touring drummer with artists such as Travis Denning. I hope you enjoy. How's it going, man? Man, it's pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Long time coming. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been excited for this one because uh, this is the first time I've been able to chat with a drummer and drumming's kind of how I started, you know, music and everything. So I'm yeah, hoping we'll be go. able to really uh, vibe out on your setup and everything. Definitely. We can nerd out on drums for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I just want to start right at the start. Like, um did you did you start your sort of music career with drums? Like, was that the first instrument that you sort of learned? Uh, it actually wasn't. Um, I'd say I probably have a more typical music like discovery route in terms of like. Uh, I think the first instrument that I played would have been um, like bass level child piano lessons, that kind of thing. Um, and then I so from there, I started playing the guitar probably around like age 10, um, just like starting to get into music. My brother, who is uh, four years older than me, is also a drummer. And so he kind of around probably when he was like 15, he started playing drums. And then from there, um, I think it was like, it was always kind of there. Like, I, I think I was like heading that way. But then once he started playing, I kind of like would take more time actually like behind the drum set and then slowly but surely he who's he's still like a percussionist more on the like classical end um he gravitated towards that and then I kind of gravitated towards playing drums and playing in bands and stuff so probably around like 12 was when I actually started playing drums oh amazing yeah wow and so like growing up sort of I guess you sort of learned how to play piano, but like once you started really getting serious into it, what kind, what type of music were you playing mostly? Was it like, uh, um, at that time it was definitely like, I think the, my, my folks were pretty, they're definitely not musical in the sense that like neither of them, uh, or like some of my grandparents played music, but I, I really wasn't around a lot of like musical, like personalities or anything growing up. But, um, I did, I always had like their stuff, which was, maybe a little more like 80s 90s just like folk rock stuff but then as I started getting into playing different instruments like especially drums around then I was like just being exposed to like pop punk and like the like punk part of the 90s it was like pretty like mainstream like Green Day Blink 182 things like that um that was the stuff that grabbed my attention and then from there I was like as I was learning to play an instrument like super because I like guitar and like that earlier stuff for me was it was very bass level like I, there wasn't anything where I was like I want to learn how to play this kind of music and I'm gonna like really get into it so when I was getting into that was also when I was sort of like oh this is drums an instrument that I really do want to like learn how to play and with my brother also being a percussionist like we both grew up in like school music program so I mean that was that was earlier than that for me but um yeah around then that was like that was the music that was grabbing my attention as well as like I could see those things kind of like lining up and then eventually I'd say after a couple years that was like the music my friends were also getting into and the music we were trying to play together and things like that and then from there it sort of just 
evolved into the next, you know, 10 years of like either getting a lot more specific into like the older parts of like punk music or eventually that got into like heavier music and things like that. So yeah, that was the, that was the stuff that I was like, Oh, cause I mean, that's it's generally pretty youthful music, you know, like that's yeah. the stuff that kind of catches on with that age range. So it was kind of a perfect storm of like all those things all at once. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can only imagine like if your brother is sort of more into the like percussive drumming stuff, did you right from the very beginning, like <laughs> were you heavy into like rudiments and learning all that stuff uh, or were you just jamming? I was, uh, I would say early on, probably, I guess 12 would be middle school. So like from like 12 to 15, I definitely got very, very serious into that side of things. And around then was probably when I started getting into that. So um, I will say, yes, the whole time, basically, I was like doing those things, basically, the the way that I thought of them were like, they were just separate worlds, but they really do. I mean, especially now I can see, and I've like actually talked to some of the people that either I was like instructed by or things like that. Like we've really tried to sit down and like, um, even recently I was talking with someone like, how do those worlds intersect and how can you get people, if you're coming at it from like an education side, like how could you get kids or like younger people that are in those programs to maybe be more interested in those things just as like a baseline, which is really interesting to think about. But um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely both, but I would say as the like couple years went on from like middle school into high school, that was just like, um, as that got more serious, I think it just changed the way that I had to approach that, like, mm -hmm. which is kind of frustrating because on one hand, I wish I maybe wouldn't have had that just because I, it definitely serves a really great purpose. But when you do, I think when that's your like frame of reference, it's kind of hard to just try things. You have to like think about it in that way, sort of. Um, and I feel like it is a middle ground. Like, I mean, I don't know if you grew up in like music programs or whatever, but with that, um, I feel like there's usually this kind of stigma that if you are so far on that end of things, you, you really don't, you might not be able to operate as creatively like right yeah. away, like jamming or whatever, like maybe like finding something or stumbling on something. Cause it's your brain hat. You start to like compartmentalize everything. And ultimately I think those things are helpful and they become like a way of basically like, your sentence structure for like whatever you want to say. So whatever you're going to do, you're kind of going to lean back onto those things. And so, yeah, I, I feel like it was, it was definitely a good mix, but if I it, say, if I had been like super in that um, classical, like rudimentary world for many years before starting to even play drones, like play drum set or like try to play in bands, I think that would have been a little bit harder. I probably would have had a harder time, like, trying to make those things meet whereas i feel like when i was doing it it was just like uh those things were both happening at the same time so sometimes it was frustrating or you know less free but also like i kind of just had to figure out how to make those things work together yeah absolutely because i i remember growing up like i i started around 12 as well and yeah i took like two or three drum lessons and the guy was like oh learn these rudiments and we'll get faster at sure. them and all this stuff and i was like yeah right yeah i just want to yeah. know how to play like a break beat and blast beats and sure call oh, it a totally. day but 
Yeah. And I was, I was definitely in that, um, I was in that space as well. And I, I really didn't take, I did eventually take some drum set lessons, but like at that time for me, it was a little weird because I was basically taking the, I mean, classical music, sort of like music school, whatever program kind of like lessons to where that really didn't even pertain to drum set. And I totally could have been taking, you know, a drum set lesson or things like that. Um, but I was, I mean, time-wise, I was just occupied by those other things so much. So eventually I did take drum set lessons and that at that time when I did, um, I was probably 16, like 16, 17, 18. I, I did take some drum lessons and that was actually from someone that my brother went to school with, basically went through the same program, but he played drums in a band. Um, and so that was like the first, that was like a good, at that point, I was so far into both of the worlds that I could, like someone that did both of those things could like help me make sense of, of those things. But I totally get that because, I mean, I was even experiencing that as well as a lot of people I grew up and went to school with. But I feel like if it's, I think the sign of a good, especially like drum set teacher, if you're going to be teaching like lessons, it's like, if, if I was going to do that, I would be like, okay, is this something that this person wants to happen? And if, if not, then like, how do I make sense of basically throwing that out the window or just being like, we'll get to it or you'll figure it out when, you know, when you want to, you know, see those things like make sense on paper or whatever. But yeah, no, I get that. That's like immediately pretty uh, unattractive, especially as a kid just wanting to like learn certain stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like if, you know, my teacher or whatever maybe taught me how to, you know, instead of just playing on a snare, how to incorporate paradiddles into like your beats sure. or whatever, like yep. that would have been the whole difference. And and especially if that's the, if that's like the area that you were wanting to go, then you probably mm -hmm. would have been more inclined to try it or like exactly. try to make sense of it. And then it's like, if you can do, if you can do something like that, and I'm sure like you've probably experienced this now, but it's like, you can see those things eventually make sense. You could totally take it from multiple instruments to one later because you're basically doing it in a more difficult way. But yeah, no, I, my, even, even when I did start to take drum set lessons, that was uh, one big blessing of that, I suppose, was that the person that was teaching me that knew where I was coming from and like, yeah knew the frustrations of also trying to like do that um, and then have to deal with this whole like very mechanical thing that just like happens now that you like learn those things. So yeah, if anything, that was a, that was a good thing to eventually like take some lessons from, and they were very informal um, from someone that like knew how that like brain thing just had to go when you were like taking very structured stuff into like a very creative way of playing drums. So absolutely. Yeah. So as you were getting more serious into drums, like getting into your later teens and stuff and were you still playing around with piano and guitar or did you just um, scrap everything? Pretty much? Uh, you know, I would say, I don't think if the, if this is going from like, I'd say like 13 and 14, I was like starting to get more serious. I, I don't think I started doing those things uh until or like picking those things back up 
until probably like 17, 18. Um, but I was, so from, from that time, from like early middle school, I, I did play, I played in a few different bands and it was mostly with like very close friends, but for the most part, all of those bands were kind of the same group of people just over time. You know, those are my still to this day, like some of my closest friends that I did grow up with, but, um, around, so like we were definitely like playing in a band, writing songs and stuff, but for the most part my main contribution to that as well as just like doing anything else was drums um and then around 17 and 18 is when i was like um i started to like do those things and then uh i think i yeah around then i probably would have been like oh i'm gonna have like i that was probably the earliest version of me having like a solo project or something like that and like that's still weird for me to think about but that was like I think I was just getting into like recording, but that was also like probably when I started to get more into like instrumental and like experimental stuff. And so I was like, if anything, I was just trying to make things that I thought were cool because that was what I was like listening to. So I, yeah, around, but that was, I'd say it was maybe 70 or 80% piano and like, you know, incorporating drums and programming and like all that stuff. Um, and then a little bit of guitar, like that's still the one that I can pick up and like fool around with, but it's definitely my least, uh, skilled instrument. I don't really find myself playing guitar very much, but yeah, weirdly that was like the, I think as a very young kid, I was like, I want to play guitar. And so that was kind of the first instrument that I went with, but. For sure. Yeah. So when did sort of western i guess you kind of touched on it there but like western mind and maybe instrumental music and piano based and ambient music like when did that sort of become a thing for you yeah so i think the earliest way before that was ever something that i wanted to do would have been late high school and that was like i'll have to if i can find that stuff i'll have to send it to you because it's similar but also like just I mean super early in that sense and I that at that time I was like um I would say around then probably 17 18 pre just like pre-college I was I think I was just starting to get into more music um but like probably around then is when I started getting more into like um I mean the postal service and like I have always been a really big death cab fan which sort of if you were to like look at all the music I was listening to, that kind of runs a little contrary to like the rest of the stuff that I was super into. But for whatever reason, that was all. So like, that was a big deal. So around then, like, yeah, all the offshoots of like Postal Service, like everybody else's stuff. Um, and then Explosions in the Sky being from Texas, like that was always, they were always just like present. Um, but that was like, a lot of my friends were getting into that stuff. like the band that I grew up playing in probably around 17 or 18, we were like, we should have a post-rock side project and like, oh, we'll play shows like that. And like, so it was just, we were just all trying to do as many, you know, as many things as we could. And I think around that time, I also started to see, we, we got super into this will destroy you. Um, like basically collectively, but that was because they grew up like 20 minutes from where we did. and oh. so they didn't play i i was like very heavily invested in the like local music scene um in san antonio where i grew up and 
that was like it was san antonio and like kind of austin and so like ex explosions in the sky were an austin-based band but this will destroy you grew up a little or like they kind of all lived a little bit outside of san antonio and uh so we would we would see them play a lot and they, yeah from like the get-go of their stuff like that was like if we were trying to emulate anyone there it was like their stuff and really early on i mean i find it interesting to listen to now because i still love those records but to me i mean their first their first record that like was huge for me and for all my friends and all that stuff it it still sounds very structured for being an instrumental like thing and so but you look at like for me following their stuff from like then until now like it's just gone in so many different places and so i think uh around 17 and 18 i was like starting to try to make some stuff like that as well as like basically to try to still be in a band but like play some like instrumental or like things that got a little bit we were all just getting into like you know different kinds of music but i would say it wasn't until those things were very constant and then i, I moved to nashville when i was 18 to go to college um for music business at a school that's like um primarily known for their music program as well as their like music business program being in nashville so from there i was playing quite a bit of music but i wasn't studying music anymore so it was like very selective like i kind of got to do what i wanted to do and and so those like i'd say first three years of college i was i was there for like three and a half years um i was around then i was like probably the last two i was starting to be like okay what would it look like if i tried to do this like if i tried to have my own solo project but i would say as much as the post-rock stuff was always a constant, I was maybe watching some of those people get more into ambient music. And so I was, that was when I was probably exposed more to like the complete world of what that looks like, because it really wasn't, I'd say my only experience or like look into that from before that was post-rock stuff. So oh, I didn't really know the entire world of like, very minimal music or like very like solo or piano based things um if anything i kind of like took what i knew of like those people because i, I had always kind of followed like what a lot of those people did and maybe who they were like influenced by um so yeah it wasn't until like late college that i was like basically trying to take all of those things and really like at that time just getting super into it because i obviously you know had to be into it enough to like still be doing all the other musical things i was doing as well as be like okay i'm gonna see what like what what i can turn this into basically like all of those things collectively for sure yeah and you can definitely your sort of post-rock influences make a lot of sense especially with your most recent releases under western mind like you're adding in yeah. the drums again obviously sure. it's a lot more subdued and stuff but yeah yeah no that's like that's been a that was a very conscious decision but i think it was also like i mean I, I'm sure you would feel the same way, but like if I if I look at what I've been doing with this project, it's really the only thing I've ever had by myself. Um, and I have been in some bands, like I mean, but most of that for me right now looks like playing for someone. And so that's like if I look at what I've done in the past few years with Western Mind, I feel like I'm still um, I'm still pretty like early in that in like my my solo stuff and figuring out what that 
what that is. So I think, yeah, as, as I've done the last couple releases where, where I've started to incorporate those things, it feels like the most natural version of, you know, basically trying to compile all of those things together. Um, whereas maybe when I was first starting to release music, I was just getting like all of like minimal ambient music was so new and exciting to me that I was like, yeah just discovering things, trying to see what I liked from them and like pull things. And so now it's a little more like, what can I take from a wider, you know, wider experience with this kind of music and like basically pull it together and try to make sense of everything that I've always liked, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's cool to hear like just you talk about it because I mean, as soon as interior came out, right. I feel like that's when you sort of, made more of a name it was that your first that was my second um and i did i did those and it like the first one i was probably they were both in the same year um Mm -hmm. and i think if that was 2017 i was probably working on probably half of interior at the same time so i mean i was like those were definitely not from the same like exact few months but if anything i mean i was probably like some of those could have gone on the first one but they definitely yeah. i think i started to i started to like try more things and basically just like continue i was like happy that i could release something that felt cool like I, it was a little more uh fully developed as opposed to like even being in high school and just kind of having like a thing and like i'm just like trying to i i definitely had another version of that um prior to western mind that was just like basically me doing the same thing as before which was i'm gonna make some music and like not really necessarily share it um and so yeah once that first one was done in 2017 i think i was i had been writing a lot um and so that was like i was able to kind of put multiple things out you know over the over the course of a year and that was very early on for that so but yeah, that felt a little more like I can still listen to those things now and be like, I know what I was like trying to accomplish. And like, it all still kind of like makes sense with, with what I'm doing now. So, so like lately what you've been doing, I guess, pre COVID and now you mm-hmm. are, uh, you tour a lot with, with other bands. Sure. And stuff. Yeah. Is that what you've sort of always been doing um, for for the past and stuff? Like when did when did that really start? When you started really going on tours? That started. Um, so I would say from the time that I've been doing anything Western Mind related, yes. Um, that started. Let's see. I I graduated college in effectively the beginning of 2014, um, and so. 2014 was the first, um, I would say probably until 2016, there was a good couple years where I was touring and playing with a couple different bands a lot. Um, but very compared to now or compared to a couple years after that, it was very like gradual at first. Um, I had been playing with a band that felt very much more like a band in the traditional sense um, through college. And we kind of stopped right around 2014. So that was like a, it was a little bit of a halt in the sense that like we had all been making music together for a long time. And then me and one of the other guys that played in that band um, 
not together, but we kind of both started making our way into like basically playing for hire, you know, in the sense of like playing for multiple people and things like that. So around, around 2014, 15, um, I, I was starting to make music with more people. And one of those artists that I did tour with for a while was named Liza Ann. And um, she's like a folk singer, songwriter, artist, and still, still going to this day. Um, she's really great, but that was alongside some country stuff, just being in Nashville. That was like my first sort of exposure into maybe touring quite a bit. I mean, we would go open for people and stuff like that. So around, I, I did that for, for multiple years with a varying number of people, but for a few years, it was like, I still had another job and I would just kind of like be doing those things when I could. Um, I would say around 2016 is when I started doing that full time, um, which was still, it was the thing I really wanted to do. So it was a lot of fun, but it was, if I look at those years now, it was like, I mean, still, still living pretty slim, but also I was making money playing music and that felt really cool. So if anything, the, the like excitement and the like process of that, I think for a lot of people that do what I do now and have been doing that for a while, it's like everyone has a version of that, that where it's like, that kind of carries you for, for a little while. I mean, being that young as well, like, and have a lot of expenses, I could, you know, live with roommates or live very like below my necessary means. But um, yeah, around, around 2016 is when I did start playing with some country artists. Um, that was like sprinkled in before that. And so with that and being in Nashville, that was definitely not something that I grew up with. Um, I was, I was exposed to it quite a bit, just being um, Texas has its own kind of like country scene, which is kind of strange. Um, Honestly, in the same way that Canada does Um, very, very similar to that. It's very insular. There's so many places you can go play. So I, I see that a little bit now, but I've never been in that world. Like I didn't grow up in it or anything. So yeah, that was kind of new to me, but I do always tell people, especially with the way that you, it is pretty reflected in like what I would consider modern country. But if you look at it from a musical standpoint, it really is just higher energy music. Yeah. Like you could, you could basically take that in to a varying degree. And sometimes it is very, very high energy. Um, you could basically apply it to a lot of different other things. So that sort of felt like a, it was great for me because there's a lot of that here. Um, and even on the like lower end of things um, and starting to play with like new artists and basically, you know, as like a younger, not established person playing a particular instrument, like you kind of end up in circles with similar age range people and things like that. So yeah, those, those years, I would say until about, 2017 were kind of like um sporadic i was maybe starting to like play with some people a little more consistently and then around 20 the end of 2017 was when i did start playing with travis who i play with now um and that was around yeah like around then it's just like i think that ball started rolling in a way that we were busier things like that so like or doing more things or, or that was kind of advancing so yeah, from like 2014 to 2017, I was kind of just like out there playing with a lot of different people still, you know, trying to like a few of those things were very like creatively cool on my end. If it was like 
writing parts like recording albums for people you know doing studio stuff that was I still do some of that now which is super fun and I, and I do love it um but I, I bet in those probably three or four years I did more studio based like I guess what most people would consider like very you know creative work on that end of things just because so many of those people I were playing I was playing with was like you know making records and like everybody was just kind of like all playing together and stuff so the yeah the like touring part of it was always happening through that but it was pretty I'd say as every year progressed it kind of started to get a little bit wider and then that became the thing that I did full-time probably around like the end of 2017. For sure yeah that makes a lot of sense so even even now like when do you find the time to sort of write western mind stuff or or at least solo stuff like do you just on the bus and stuff or is it whenever you have time yeah um i would say i mean honestly it um i don't find a lot of time to do it right i'm I'm figuring out when to have the time right now um but granted uh what is cool um about traveling and touring the way we do now and granted i mean this is you know on the heels of last year and just starting to make that happen again, which is great. I'm I'm very happy to be doing those things, but it still is very like, it's just weird to be doing that again. Yeah. Like obviously everybody wanted to, but um, and it, yeah, it's, it's still just pretty strange. So even then I would say uh, the intention is to write when I'm home, which the way that we tour compared to what I think a lot of people do is like very, um, sporadic and like weekend based um compared to some people that might you know like even growing up and like seeing bands and stuff you just always saw people were going on tour for like a month or two months and and i i did that for a little while with certain people but um yeah now and the way that the way that nashville kind of works which is nice is you generally get a few days a week at home unless you are um unless you are somewhere that requires you to just be gone for longer. For example, like this week, um, the tour that we're on goes to the West coast and with the West coast being quite far from Nashville, that's usually the only time that we will like stay somewhere longer or like, uh, even then those, uh, oftentimes country touring looks so like weekend based. And I think that's generally because, that's when people that have regular jobs can go to shows. Granted, um, we still will play, you know, play on days of the week and things like that. But um, when we go out and do stuff on the West Coast, it basically has to look like what most people would consider regular touring in the sense of like, we'll have a show on a Tuesday or, you know, whatever. Like, we're basically out there for longer than just a weekend. So, yes, the intention is to, you know, those days when I am home, ride as much as I can, um, as well as, yeah, being on, being on a bus traveling is like, um, it's great. And a lot of the traveling we do does take place overnight. Um, but with that, um, yeah, having, having a little mobile setup that I can take places is pretty great. And a lot of like, um, I mean, something that does happen a lot in the country world that I, I take part in a little bit is like, um, there are songwriting is such a big part of the country world that like most of those people, while they do get a few days of 
at home a week to, you know, write with people, do those things. A lot of times those writers will come out on the road and basically turn a portion of the bus into kind of a little mobile recording studio so they can write, you know, while they're traveling and things like that. So sometimes me having a mobile setup looks a little more like assisting in in those things and um, not too much, but yeah, it's a, I have gotten fairly comfortable over the last four or five years uh, riding with like a a very small mobile setup. Um, Most of, I would say like in 2017, 2016 and 2017, when I was first riding probably like that interior record, which is the one that I put the most time into, a lot of that was written on like a very small mobile rig and I would maybe take some of those things and then flesh them out later when I had more time with like more of my setup at home but a lot of that at least uh I would say now to me that looks more like ideas like just kind of like what can I maybe come up with that like I'll take when I have some time at home and try to flesh out a little bit more for a little while when I was super busy including like uh all of 2018 basically like I didn't really have a lot of time to work when I was home so I was like what can I do with this small setup as well as like just you know the facility of trying to use a computer to the most of its abilities and things like that so had to get pretty creative when it comes to those things but it is nice to you know if I have the the time and like you know want to flesh some stuff out I can I have a pretty small setup that um haven't really changed very much over the last few years but it's just it works for what i need and and i'll do that um i would say it's generally successful but you know sometimes especially with not your home home base setup it's like you don't really know what you're gonna come up with i feel like most of the time for me uh being on the road and and traveling I, i will do that a lot of times like in a part of the bus a lot of that is just like trying to be comfortable and you know trying to like get everything set up and all that so I still try to as much as I can but now um especially with like I did uh so the last album that I put out um I wrote a lot of that I wrote a lot of it in 2019 when I was still touring and then basically had the time to finish it last year when I was not touring um so now yeah with like uh we started touring again in about like April and uh which was pretty early and and it's been kind of a a wild ride getting that started again um around then my girlfriend and I also moved and so we were just like basically lots lots was happening all at the same time so I was very happy to have gotten that last record out and so occasionally I'll have time to to work on stuff and and I have everything you know set up now but it's uh yeah right now the time is uh sparse but I I I try to um, I think from the time that I have been writing stuff, I don't know how this looks for you, but like, it's always been pretty, um, either I will sit down and finish something and be like, wow, that came out really fast and I'm super happy with it. And maybe I'll go in and like tweak stuff later or it's six months to a year, you know, in the making, like it's something that sits that I keep playing and then maybe I flush it out a little bit more. But I, my, 
the folders for that for me look so like I've gotten in, in the habit of coding them as far as like, you know, how, how finished um, are they or how, how much have I even started doing anything? So to me, it's that it's literally a long list. It'll get shorter if something moves into the, you know, completed folder. And then I just keep trying to like chip away at those things. And usually along that line, it's like, you know, you find other ideas and you start to write new stuff. But yeah, for me with having that weird, like a lot of traveling, especially now, and we've, we've started to get a lot busier. Um, yeah. It's just like, I I don't have scheduled, like when I'm home, I don't try to schedule time to do that. That's definitely something that I've thought about in the last like couple months as we've started to like tour mm-hmm. again, basically treat it like the job I have when I'm home. Because when we're not on the road, I, I don't do anything else. So, I mean, it's, yes, I'm working on stuff, you know, doing stuff around the house, all that and regular things, basically trying to do all the normal things that most people might do in an entire week in the course of like three days, because the other four days I have to go, you know, live on a tube and go play music, which is great. It's super fun, but yeah, it's hard to have that be like a scheduled thing. So yeah, as as of right now, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to do that. And I'm hoping that I can make some more of that. Like here. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, and the reason I ask that question even is because I don't, sure. I, don't I know that was a long winded answer, but no, no, it's all good. Um, <laughs> I don't get the, the opportunity to ask people who actually tour a lot, you know, like as solo ambient or instrumental artists, in Mm -hmm. you know my circle or whatever really some people will play shows but not tour and i always wonder like how do touring artists even make time like it's crazy i couldn't imagine i would say like as you could probably imagine as much as i don't know it's it is strange because like i said there is there's this whole other world that does exist basically at the same time for like the country artists or the country songwriters which is not really something I've ever been super interested in. It it is a world that I'm like, for better, for worse, I'm around it. Like I, I know all of those people and a lot of those people are the people I play on the road with. And so you'd be surprised because it is like as much as yes, uh, there is not many people that do what I do that also have, you know, an ambient solo project, but some people do. And, and the one thing that I think is cool is, everybody kind of has those things and some of those things for people might be they do a lot of like graphic design or like digital content maybe and it usually revolves around music because what we do is so music based but it's very like centralized in the terms of like we go do something and then we come home absolutely and i mean sometimes some of those people it's like a lot of the people that i play on the road with like they their thing that they do on the other end of that is probably more uh it probably looks more like what we do when we're on tour which is like they have a studio they work with other artists that might sound the same and things like that so yes it is a solo endeavor and and a lot of times it does or i guess recently it has looked more like working with some people not very frequently but um yeah, it's. I would say, as you could probably imagine, with having those things and trying to juggle them, the intention is always there. Um, 
I I never forget to bring my stuff, like to bring my mobile rig. You know, it's, yeah. it's like the first thing I pack. But um, but yeah, the intention is always there. But as much as there is, uh, like uh, being on the road, a lot of people will usually say, I mean, you spend. It, they say this in the context of being with a group of people, but like the part of the day that's the show, which is what we you know get paid to do and and things like that that's the shortest part of the day yeah like there's yes there's other things to do that revolve around you know preparation for that building stuff every day setting stuff up with drums lots of like maintenance and things like that but there is a lot of time that people aren't doing anything and so as much as the intention is always there it's also like i basically live with a group of people and so it's like Sometimes we'll go do stuff. Sometimes you wanna you you don't wanna do anything music related, you know. And so that's kind of a weird, it's a weird dichotomy. Um, but yeah, the intention is always there to to have that time. Or I guess like if I had if I had my like perfect way, I would have nothing to do when I'm home and unlimited time to just like come in, plug my computer back in. Everything else is already set up and like be ready to go. So yes the intention to do that is always there i would say i'm usually just trying to make some version of that a reality absolutely amidst like normal stuff you know so yeah it's a it's a it's a juggling act at this point in my life but it's how it's always been for me so yeah i'm glad i'm glad to hear at least you know you're still getting music out you know like sure yeah like through smoke still home came out this year right when did that come out uh it did yeah i put it out um earlier this year um yeah and that was uh that was a lot of stuff that i had been working on for the past like mostly like 2020 i definitely made a decision with that album to try to release things a little bit slower um just to try it, it with that for me it is kind of a an interesting thing to have because I'm still like I was saying earlier like I feel like I'm still pretty early on and trying to figure out what that like most comfortable sound looks like for me as well as like I mean honestly yeah with that it's like what's my relationship to being an artist where I still have this other thing that is basically um I mean the thing that consumes most of my time which is touring and things like that um but at the same time the way that I look at that um doing those things and having quite a bit of free time when I do have it is what affords me the ability to try things and like just kind of like hold it maybe a little bit looser and just kind of like I'm still figuring out what that looks like and I definitely have uh I'd say grander like aspirations in terms of like what would it look like if I only did this if I was only you know working on music for myself, uh, maybe if it's under Westermind or, you know, scoring things and things like that. Um, what would that look like if that was more full-time than not? Um, but if anything right now, I kind of just watch those things happen at the same time. And so, yeah, um, I was super happy to finish that stuff last year. If anything, having a pretty dramatic break from being able to tour and, and do that job that was one nice thing to basically, you know, walk into having already, I would say maybe that was like 30% done. So I had a lot of stuff to do with that, um, those songs and my 
my folder of songs that weren't complete was pretty large at that point. So I had a lot of like chipping away to do at those things. So that felt, yeah, that felt really good to at least have some time to, you know, um, finish those things. And, and once I got that out, uh, I think that also kind of coincided with stuff picking back up on the other side of music for me, which was touring. So um, since then, I haven't really written a ton. Um, I definitely have, have tried to, but that, that's been slower right now. But um, yeah, it was a lot of like dedicated time and work to finish that last year. And then I, I knew that I didn't want to try to release that too quickly. Um, just kind of like over time trying to do some things. I, I had a, a friend of mine that I, who is a um, modern, like contemporary dancer, do some stuff. Um, we had always talked about kind of working together on some things. And awesome. so if anything, yeah, it kind of gave me a little bit more like, I have this thing that's done. What do I want to do with it now that I know I'm just going to put it out. Like that's sort of always been my, my thing is once that's out, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like you start to work on the next thing and like it comes off your plate and you don't really have to think about it the same way. So yeah, if anything, I, I guess I'm just in that space now and I don't know um, exactly what will be the next thing, but I'm excited to, again, have the perfect intention of writing all the time, but uh, doing that whenever I can. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited to hear what you're going to come out with next but do you think that's like your sort of uh goal and aspiration is to is to sort of be able to do your own solo stuff full-time or yeah I, I do think it is I would say and I like that conversation happens a lot with like I mean I'm trying to think of other people um I certainly do know some people in my like if it's Nashville or in the country world or things like that I know some people that do some similar kinds of you know music or have like a a solo I feel like you would probably feel the same way especially growing up with other kinds of music having a project and a an, an ambient thing and like basically having your artistic journey look like that as opposed to being the front person of a band like it looks very different I would say yes there's some people like um that might look a, a little bit more similar for in terms of like I am the face of this and and it's like a I don't know to me this stuff um a lot of music like this has always been less forward facing so I feel like it doesn't it's never really like looked like okay well um I need to quit everything I'm doing to do this yeah. because like that would just yes I I could do that and that would for me give me more time to do something but I also know that uh from like a you know, time and like, I don't know, I'm I'm not sure exactly what I'm trying to say. It's always felt like they can exist at the same um, pace. But how, however, um, I would like to have it be the main thing I do in the sense that I would still love to and I'm, I'm very happy with the touring situation I'm in right now. And hopefully that continues for a long time. Um, I would love to be able to be selective with that part of my musical career and have this be um, a little bit more constant. Um, and so, yeah, that would, I would say if there's a, if there's an aspiration for that, I'm, I'm not sure. Like eventually I would love to, I guess the, the being selective with that would be if the touring situation I was in 
was not ideal for where I was at, you know, in life, um, to be able to be selective with that. Um, so yes, um, I definitely see touring still being in the picture, but the, you know, the main goal of that is to have that be in some form or fashion, creating music, be it as a particular, you know, under a particular name or, um, doing other things with that kind of creation and things like that. Um, that would be the ultimate, you know, goal to have that be the, the main thing for me, but yeah, that's, uh, I'd say that's kind of like also the definition of that is probably also evolving over time, you know, and I'm sure it'll continue to do so, but, uh, yeah, ideally that would be, that'd be great. Yeah. That makes, I, I really like that answer. Cause like essentially what it sounds like you want is just to be able to do the things that you're really stoked on. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like exactly. You yeah. are able to say no to certain things sure. and, and all that. Or, or yeah. Or have that, um, that time i i suppose yeah with the like touring world stuff i i would say as as that stuff progresses and i think this is the case for a lot of people is like your work gets more valuable as well as less frequent so with that um and i would say that's maybe the same thing maybe yeah like you were saying like having the ability to just do what you were excited about i think it's maybe the same thing for you know anyone's own personal project is like to be selective about that, to maybe not necessarily feel a pressure to do a particular thing as opposed to another. Um, but yeah, it, to me, those things kind of like work in tandem right now where it gives me the ability to do those things that I want to um, without feeling like I don't know where the next, what the next thing is. You know, I can kind of like let them go together right now. And that's uh, honestly, I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons that I started, you know, incorporating more like drums into music and things like that. It was like, I felt like I should maybe try to, you know, marry those things together that have sort of been existing side by side for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds actually, it sounds like me and you have a very similar mindset in, in terms of like adding drums and adding just different things to our music. Um, for a lot of people too, I was going to say like, it, if you work in in ambient spaces and like classical music spaces like not everyone has that musical ability granted you may do a kind of music where you would never be incorporating those things but since you do have it and you do you know want to hear those things together it is cool as i'm sure you feel the same way with like playing a variety of instruments like it's great to be able to do that yourself and not necessarily be like I need to have someone come in and do granted. Yeah. There's one thing for like any instrument that you can't play that you really need, but like being able to incorporate those things stylistically, as opposed to like, if I tried to add guitar to the music that I play and I really wanted to do that, it probably wouldn't sound great if I did, because it's not, you know, it's not like kind of my, my area of expertise, which is weird to have, but, I do, you know, in a, in a way that exists kind of outside of that. So it is nice to like the incorporation of those things and be able to do it. I guess that's the, that's what I was saying. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, it's all good. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you write drums for, like, are you a studio drummer as well? Or are you mostly uh, touring? Um, so not with, um, yes and no, not with anyone 
like not with uh, Travis, who I tour with right now. Um, there are, I would say, in the way that Nashville conventionally works, there, those worlds are pretty separate. There's times where they do intersect quite a bit. Uh, I would say that's a little more case by case and not the norm for those things to intersect a lot. Um, I would say there are there are some, I guess, in like popular country music or things that are being created in Nashville. Maybe it's not even country music, but it's something that's happening here. There are some producers, I think, that uh, like one in particular, uh, Jay Joyce, who does a lot of he does a lot of like rock records as well. But um, one of his big things is he likes to have the band that tours with someone be the band that plays on an album looking more like a conventional band. Whereas I think the in, I mean, in the last like 50 or 60 years in Nashville, those things have always kind of existed separately. Um, some of those people, and really the, you know, kind of the reason why we tour the way that we do with having generally like Monday to Wednesday off is all, a lot of those people go and do, you know, session work that looks a little bit more normal for them in, in that way. And that might be with, an artist that they don't tour with or a producer that they work with that the person that they're playing on something for doesn't have anything to do with their other job. Um, so yes, I do some of that, but it's not for, um, as far as like anything rec like recording wise that Travis does, that is like, it's, I mean, funnily enough, like it is a particular person that has done that for the past however many years, you know? So it is kind of a funny thing, but uh, a lot of times, especially here, like there are other people that play for other artists that we both basically make our living playing another person's drum parts, you know, like, yeah. and sometimes the same person, you know, they're just on different recordings for different artists. And that's kind of a, it's a weird way to look at it. I don't know exactly how that feels from the other end. Um, I have done just being here, you know, being around like, these circles and all that stuff sometimes yes I, I will go in and you know record as a studio drummer um definitely not as frequently as i'm touring or anything like that but for a lot of people i mean there there are some people that i you know be it two or three years ago that were on the road a lot and they kind of decided that hey i have the opportunity to be more of a studio related musician um and like basically stop touring i think for a lot of people especially here that becomes a thing where if they have the opportunity to do it there's like kind of a it's a very closed off industry which is kind of funny but it is like i mean you can work a lot longer in a studio than you can on tour yeah. um and you can also probably make a lot more money and play for a lot more people and do those things so I'd say in general, the like studio musician world in Nashville looks a little bit older. So not always, but uh, in terms of being, you know, being a younger musician, that's like trying to break into things. I would say nine times out of 10, most of those people start by touring. Um, you might find yourself, you know, and I, I know lots of people that fall into this category that are the younger studio musicians now that are making more of a name for themselves in that way. But they all started by, touring you know um yeah. some of those people that i might have you know picked up 
my job from because they decided to leave you know it's basically kind of a so it's it's, its own separate industry but yeah um having the ability to do that is always good i mean to like basically write and and create things and um i would say that the writing aspect of it um does happen but it's obviously only in the like studio settings but um if i have to learn something from someone else if i am going into you know play with someone or basically have to learn drum parts uh the the entire process of like creating drum parts or like even going back to like rudimentary stuff and and things like that that all still plays a part for me because it's basically the way that i can parse something out and like if i had to learn something really fast like i would still be incorporating those things to try to like write it down or you know not not to not to the extent of like i'm writing music but um those things still happen in my brain where it was like okay for you know this verse looks like this this chorus looks like this and i can write little notes and things like that um so those things still play a part but yeah for the most part with the people that i tour with i'm generally not um you know playing on anything in studio for them yeah and it's really interesting so like I, i'm not i'm not an expert on travis's music i i did check it out mainly for this sure. um but i guess it's just sort of the relationship between shows and studio like the clips that you post on Instagram and stuff and the clips that I've seen of you guys performing, mm-hmm. the energy is just so much more. I, sure. I'm wondering if maybe that's probably just like a production thing in country music, maybe. Yeah. Um, but like you guys are almost doing breakdowns and stuff sure. at yeah. the shows and it's, it's, it's heavy. It's almost post rockish. It's like a rock show. It's, it's really cool to see. And I was surprised when, when I started seeing those clips. Yeah. That, um, I think it does. I would say in the, where I guess unless you were super familiar with lots of parts of country music now in terms of what what most people would consider that the various aspects of it um there are I would say in modern country music having you know that's what I'm around the most um as well as other kinds of music but I would say there are things that lean like things that lean very like pop produced modern pop things like that um not that they're definitely split down the middle, but there's another side of it that does lean a little more towards the like rock end of things. Um, some of that, maybe the far end that looks the most like rock stuff would be similar producers with like rock okay. music. So lots of, um, I would say that's probably the biggest crossover as well as if you go on the other side, there are, I mean, a lot of the LA pop world works in Nashville as well. And and so like those, I guess on the fringes of those things, they, um, if you were to go straight down the middle, it might feel a little more like poppy to you. But if you were to look at maybe the, the, a little more like uh, guitar based music period, but like, uh, but yeah, with, with Travis's stuff, um, or really what I was going to say is like, if, things leaning that way i would say if you were to watch a majority of those shows maybe for artists that are i wouldn't necessarily necessarily say younger but um i mean under probably under the age of like 50 i would say in general uh it might just be a live performance like proclivity thing but like 
generally those performances end up higher energy than their recordings might. Um, yeah, for some people, for some people, it may not, but um, I would say yes. I like with my particular like group of the people that we play with, we definitely like try to do that. But also like um, out of the out of the entire band, three out of the four of us, myself included, and Travis, as well as our bass player. I mean, we all grew up listening to super heavy music and still do now. And so um, Travis's kind of like roots are definitely in metal, but also he, he grew up in Georgia around like Southern rock. And so being a guitar player, as opposed to like, you know, a country artist that sings songs, he sort of got his start as a guitar player. You basically, if you combined, you know, the, the guitar in your face, guitar stuff of, metal music as well as like Dwayne Allman and like everybody that plays in like those those circles it's there's so much emphasis on guitar as well as uh emphasis on live performance for sure yeah and it seems like so much fun and even with the more you know ambient producers that I talk to or whoever the more I come to realize that I guess it's just the, the time that we all grew up on like everybody was into heavier music yeah like I grew up on deathcore and metalcore sure. and so did a lot of our contemporaries. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see that, you know, that jumps genres as well. Even somebody who's doing country now For sure. also listen to the opposite stuff. Sure. Like it's really cool that just because somebody's doing one thing doesn't mean they're not also into everything else, you know? Sure. Well, and it, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, uh, as much as country and like this whole world has been, relatively new to me it is i mean i i'm super grateful to be around the people that i am because i think at least yes my particular like group of people the band i play with the artists i play with that's sort of the common theme but i would say that's it's not necessarily an anomaly like there's a lot of other people that are doing the same thing um and there's a lot of people that even come from those worlds because they they might not even be you know have a a, a solo career or whatever but like a lot of people that i work with on the like touring side of things come from those worlds as well because one of the things especially in touring is most of a, a high volume of touring jobs and opportunities happen in the country world yeah. so uh, over time a lot of those people might make their way to you know work for someone like that but one of the things that it's really been interesting for me to be able to like see from a bigger scope is I would say the, you know, having us, uh, I say with like Travis and I, and maybe some other people um, having grown up on uh, so much of that music. I mean, it's still what we listen to now. And if anything, um, a lot of what we look at in terms of like, if you were to, like I was saying, like listen to the music that we listened to before our show or like, watching people's like performances and things there's especially in heavy music and, and things like that there's so much of an emphasis on a live show and production and how things come across live as well as like maybe compared to other kinds of music there's lots of energy in the recordings as well so it's kind of all there's just energy in the entire thing Absolutely. so you might not be watching it you might be listening to it but like one of the things that we've like it's it's a good example of a wider picture of this is like if you look at like the way that 
uh, a band like Ramstein does like performances, like no one else does what they do. Mm -hmm. And they have a really big like emphasis on live performance and things like that and heavier music, but also like incredibly well-produced, polished music which to I, I, to like a, a Western ear or something like that looks more like metal music. And then maybe um, where they're from, it's more, you know, techno related and there's so much more electronic influence and things like that. But we, I mean, over, even just in the past few months, as we've been like on this tour, there's been things where like, we've looked at stuff like that to be like, you basically are, you're watching those things with uh, as a touring musician, um, and in that world you start to look at those things a little more like critically okay. like if i were to go even just like watching someone's you know a show or watching someone that i wanted to maybe go see all of those things just start to click and i'm still watching if it's a band i really love like i'm watching the band i like but i'm also looking at like what their lights look like i'm looking at like the way that they like pace their show out and it just becomes a thing that you end up like looking at a little more critically. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it always has been interesting to me that like those things find a way to like come together, but just by, you know, proximity of listening to a lot of things like that, as well as like, I mean, a lot of drummers that I'm influenced by are in that space as well. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of finding a way to to look at that, and even like uh, on on that note, what's what's funny is like the guy that does um, the studio drummer that happens to record on a lot of Travis's stuff. He's the exact same way. He's a huge metal head, and like basically can do all of those things. And and there's a couple specifically drummers in Nashville that um, if you listen to the music they listen to or make on the side, basically as their you know project or whatever it's completely different and it's super heavy and that's it, kind of funny to see um if anything that like weird marriage of those things is kind of happening from multiple sides right now so yeah it just feels i mean to me and to like us it it feels cool to basically try to make those things you know come together and and that stuff but um but yeah as as you start to like as i've been touring so much and things like that like you start to look at all those things critically and maybe start to try to add things in that might exist in another space. And, but yeah, I, I do find it really interesting that so many people that are doing what we're doing also have a, a history with like heavier music. I, I don't, I don't exactly know what that is. I think you, I mean, if I were to try to deduce that, I mean, I think you, you might just have an appreciation for extreme things which is either like yeah. soft or loud um or just yeah i don't know and i mean i i'm not sure how much you're into these things but i mean there's there are parts of metal music that cross over completely into um ambient things and like uh, doom metal and things like that and a lot of those people are probably a part of you know more ambient things as well and so yeah i think they're i don't know I don't know if a weird of a weirder, more opposite thing that actually ends up, you know, colliding a lot more. It'd be interesting to figure out what that is, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've told this story before, but like when I was first starting Alaskan tapes and even up until semi recently, maybe a couple of years ago, a lot of the way I would write is I would listen to my favorite 
you know, prog metal or mm-hmm. deathcore or whatever. And then I would essentially just make the outros to those songs. Sure. As ambient, whatever. Yeah. And that would be the track. And nobody noticed. And I've told this story. Oh, before, sure. But, yeah. That's, you know, that's it, kind of funny. It's kind of in the same, I don't know. It's like the same headspace almost. It's weird. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I, I, I guess too, with that, um, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that, that have a similar kind of thing, but like, if you were, you know, writing those outros, I, I don't know. I think like, uh, some stuff like that does revolve around having instrumental parts, like not all of it, but like, not that you would necessarily be like, I don't know. It's not enough to say that every single metal song and like stuff in that realm has like, you know, ambient intros and ambient outros, but a lot of it does to where like, if anything, if you were like interested in doing that and also hearing it some, but maybe not like every time, you know, like, I don't know, but I, I, I'm sure there's something, there's like a commonality there, but, um, or, or yeah, you just want to hear more of that in the same yeah. space, you know, which is, I think it's cool. Cause yeah, I mean, it was happening enough that like, I know that for me, that was like, uh, granted it was, it was probably before I got into heavier music, but a lot of what I was into, uh, I don't know. I, I suppose it's even like the like postal servicey kind of stuff. It's like when I first started trying to write music, I was basically if I think about it now, I was trying to write, you know, stuff like that, but instrumental and things like that. Um, So I feel like, yeah, you like maybe get keyed into it a little bit and then you're just like, I want to make more of that. And, but also, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting practice that like, I mean, uh, for all I know, like there could be a lot of people that are doing, you know, something like that, that you wouldn't necessarily know. Um, If anything, it's a, cool jumping off point i i know like it was pretty wild for me to hear that a lot of um having like met and worked with people that work in like pop music i mean there's a lot of stuff that goes around where you can just i don't know how legal it is but like get um someone's isolated vocal file and and i like even when i was starting to like try to like produce things and you know work on tracks um a creative exercise that a lot of those people will do is to take a vocal track, maybe chop it up a little bit, change the key and then write a track to it. And then when you take that vocal away, sure, you were, you know, influenced by what was happening, but you definitely weren't trying to like, it's not like you were trying to write a metal song after a metal song, you know, like if you're kind of using it as a jumping off point, which I think is really cool, but that's going to look different for, everyone you know it's gonna like but if that's your like way into that and i think like you were saying and i mean a lot of other people's stories that i've heard i think that's kind of how a lot of people get started into hearing that and it's like okay cool i'm making like something like ambient or something different and then you hear like oh this artist just makes this like they they and who knows who knows how they come about it maybe it's the same way but like they that was definitely my entrance into like especially like very long form ambient stuff as well as like piano based things is I didn't really have any familiarity with that um, outside of, and I would say, yes, there's some crossover with like, like I was saying earlier, I grew up in a music program. So like I'm 
familiar with classical music and or like uh i don't know anything in that realm that i would say like uh someone that does cross into that space that's also pretty present in like music programs would be like eric whitaker so like i know of like like everyone's pretty well acquainted with that or like scores to things like that's something that you might be a little more familiar with when you're younger but now to me and and that's like that's definitely a space that i would love to get more into and has probably been just as much of a like a somewhat of an influence or like it's kind of a tangent of you know ambient music i would say in the last 10 years maybe it's been happening more but i would say the last five or 10 years as you know we've been doing stuff like it's way more common that you see an artist like that scoring something as opposed to maybe someone that you either don't know or a big name composer i just think i mean to me that's super cool because it's kind of like all of those things coming together and that kind of music usually does go hand in hand with, you know, movies or scores or, or something like that. So it's cool to see those things, you know, basically come together in that way. Absolutely. And yeah, just to, just to wind it down, um, I have to ask about your drums. So from what I've seen, when you're on stage, you're playing a four piece with just two crashes, a ride hi hat. Yes. It's like pretty, pretty small. Yeah. Something something that I've noticed that has been happening to me is the older I get, the bigger the symbols I want. Sure. Like your crashes, are you playing, what size are you playing? Like you're not playing a 16, 18, are you? Or are you oh, playing 18, no, 20? Um, right now, I, I'd say right now, like this, the setup that I play is two, um, two 20s and a 22 oh. ride. So yeah, one of those, um, the crash at this current setup right now, which is pretty much the same as what I've done in the past, I would say over the past few years, the sound that I like the most, usually if it's crashes revolves around like a 19 to a, to a 20 or something like that. But I mean, you would know this too, like there's, yes, like I'd say in general in, in drumming, there's a lot of like there's a been a bigger push for especially like heavier music or like, I mean, I see it in Nashville with like contemporary Christian music. There's a really big push for like big, basically post-rock sounding, you know, drums and which carries itself yeah. to cymbals, um, which is a trip, but like, yeah, that's what a lot of people want. So especially with what I play, um, one of those 20 inch crashes that I play is a ride, but it's just, a little bit smaller you know than i normally would play so but that's that's i don't know what's interesting to me is depending on the symbols that you like to play there are some companies that don't label any of their symbols in the sense of like it's a, a ride or it's a crash generally like yes a ride is going to be thicker you know and usually larger but like that's i feel like that's been a big push more so with other companies than zildjian what i play is like they have more of those like 20 or like a 22 crash or something like that. Something pretty large. Um, I I would say like in the drum space, Zildjian has probably been the last company to come around to doing anything um, like that. Cause they've, they've always been pretty like defined in the sense of like, yeah. Uh, but, but for me, um, I kept breaking cymbals. And so I started playing a 20 inch ride as a crash because it's basically the same thing. It's a little bit thicker. Um, but so I play 
a 20 inch ride on my left side um as a crash and then um a 20 inch crash symbol on the other side and because they are technically different symbols they they do sound different so i can do that but then before that um and at one point i kind of also had it set up too was uh zildjian makes that crash of doom um which is like uh china it's like kind of over hammered crash symbol which it's really cool. Um, I I would say in the past like three or four years, I see it a lot more in like country circles. You could say yes, it's like, I mean, if you were looking at someone in that space that plays very like heavy music, there might be like a China involved from like a a rock side of things. But that's kind of a good middle ground to have as opposed to you know something that's just having a China to have for you know accents or heavy parts. Um, that symbol is great. I would say that's probably my favorite symbol to use is, uh, that crash of doom, but I've broken that one also. So I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't play that one right now as well. So, um, yeah, in the past few years, it's been, uh, to me, the sound that I like the most, uh, is, uh, 19, 20, 21 crashes, um, as it, just as like a size. And then, I've always played a 22 inch ride. Um, I've never owned anything larger than that. I know sometimes they get a little bigger. Um, but to me, like I was telling you, I mean, I have a 20 inch ride as a crash. So the 22 inch one basically becomes a crash as well. Um, but yeah. even like, uh, one of the guys that I'm on the road with right now who plays with, um, another one of the bands, I know like we talked pretty early on and I mean, it was, it was kind of funny cause his setup looks similar to mine. I would say that's, in general probably the most common version of what like i would see out on the road or, or with other people is yet like two crash cymbals a ride hi-hats a four-piece drum set that's like the most common you might have some like variety in there but i remember talking to him and he's a little bit older than me or, or probably us but he was like if i had my way i would have one symbol up here i don't necessarily want to have oh, um cool. and he's like we definitely have you know different styles a different approach to playing but um watching him play i mean we've done about 30 of these shows watching him play most nights it's like you kind of i i suppose in that style of music or the kind of playing that we're doing now you kind of try to make the most use out of everything that you have all together as opposed to like so those you know that he has two symbols that he plays most often and then a symbol that does kind of function more as like an accent like kind of like the crash of doom kind of thing that he's not touching all the time. So it's really those two that are kind of providing all the crash and like the ride work. So it's, it's kind of interesting to watch someone, if anything, that kind of stuff being very common in what we do, you kind of pick up on those things and start to, you know, that becomes the desired sound and, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, even when I set up at home or if I'm like recording something for, for Western mind or anything like that, um, I, those those drums that i play on the road i don't get to take those home so or granted they're they're mine but like they just live somewhere else so the stuff that i do have at home it's kind of like whatever i have and, and it's usually a more basic setup like that um as well like I, i've actually thought about with the where we just moved and this is the first time that i've had like a dedicated space to you know ride and work in and stuff i've actually thought about getting an electric kit um, just to like put, um, either, you know, work with as is, or I do a lot of like drum programming on 
my like workstation and things like that. So using sampling and stuff like that to incorporate that, that's probably, I mean, I would say that's probably the next thing for me to do with that is because yes, I have like, I have drones and I have the capability to record them, but I don't live somewhere where everything's, you know, set up all the time. So, um, but I totally, that might've not been something that I wanted to have a few years ago or like, even like, you know, growing up, but like now there's, you'd be surprised at how many people, like, especially on the like studio end of things here, they do most of their work from their house and it's usually electric. And like, if, especially as a drummer, um, I'm sure you've encountered this too, is like, you can get a lot better at making those things happen electronically as opposed to totally acoustic or things like that. Basically, you know, knowing your way around working with all the things to sound very natural as opposed to, which is such a yeah. weird thing, but, but it is like, I think once you get past the like stigma of that, or even just being like, Oh, well, I'm not like actually getting to record if anything. It's just more convenient. It's better. I mean, it's like, depending on what you're going for, it's actually perfect for being able to do that. So yeah, I think that's uh that, that sort of like paring down of the setup has always been a part of my, like, you know, last few years. And I, and as much as I would love to, you know, have, there's a few other things that I would love to have in like a live setting. I don't know how much I would play them because I've gotten so used to, you know, what I have and like, you know, playing those things as much as I can getting the most use out of them. Yeah. Speaking of the electronic kit, like I haven't had an acoustic kit in six, maybe seven years. Cause I moved out of my parents' house and yeah. I just couldn't, I, you can't play an acoustic kit when you're living below somebody or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a luxury in itself. Like, yeah. I mean, and I, again, like, yeah, I know, I know lots of folks that, that might have the ability to have that set up. Like prior to the last few years, like, I mean, I did live in a house that we had a, I lived with a couple other drummers and we had like a, a separate space that was nice, like a separate uh, a building on the property that we could, you know, use as like a little practice space, but like, wasn't ideal. Um, you know, it wasn't, it, it's nice to, you know, have everything right there. And I would love to be able to like, you know, spin my chair and play drums and like have them, you know, right there for everything. So no, yeah, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Plus, I mean, never have to tune your drums. <laughs> oh yeah. Everything. Yeah. And like the the whole world, I feel like I was pretty absent on the like sampling end of things and like the programming, all of that stuff. I would say in the past couple years, especially last year, I've gotten to, I do way more of that for people than like, you know, I'd ever have before, because like, if I needed to record drums for someone, I can do that from yeah. the comfort of my computer. And it, and I can like do exactly what I want. And it's very particular and like, you know, dialed in and things like that. And I've done, I've done some acoustic recording for Western Mind stuff. And I've done some stuff like that. It just depends on, you know, what, what sounds the best and what I can like do at the time. Cause yeah, if I'm, you know, I can still make those drums happen from a very tiny keyboard on a bus you know so like it's pretty cool and i just feel like the technology has gotten so crazy with that so it's it's cool to you know get to use that and actually know what you're doing you know and like know what you want to get out of it as opposed to being completely like overwhelmed and like we you know you hear a lot of stuff that's programmed drums like that that sounds completely unnatural or sounds like someone doesn't know what they're doing or something like that so yeah 
Yeah, and it's crazy. Like you're saying, the technology, like spend a few hundred bucks and you can get superior oh, drummer. Yep. And yeah. th- that's pretty much what I primarily use for elastic tape stuff. Now, yeah. Um, just because I don't have access to a studio and an acoustic kit. Sure. But but in theory, you do. I mean, you know, that's that's what you're you're basically using exactly. in, a, in a roundabout way. You are, you know, you know, you're doing that. So, but yeah, the like level of control is crazy. And like, that's where I think like the crazy like crazy advances in those technologies and i've definitely felt it with like i'm sure you'd feel the same way with particular like other plugins or just like getting more familiar with certain things like those have progressed past a certain point that like you do need to have a level of familiarity with them to use them you know you could also not and find a way that you're happy with the way it sounds and that's cool too but like yeah as compared to maybe wanting to have you know studio access or wanting to you know do those things you can basically do the exact same thing. If not, maybe a little bit better or like, you know, to a, to a higher degree than like, you know, just going in and being like, I have to like get all this done in a couple hours. And like, this doesn't sound the exact way I'd like it to. And so, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that more people are in the same boat with that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And what I'm looking into now lately is uh, there's a bunch of companies doing proper proper shell sizes for electric drums like oh, 14 sure. yep. floor toms yeah. 16 inch floor toms and like even cymbals they're coming out with 20 inch rides sure. for electric drums and it's amazing yeah. i haven't played them yeah but i really want to no like, yeah that would be that would be cool too like i've i have thought about um even i mean as a, as opposed to the going the complete like electric kit route it's like i have drums that i could do that to um to basically you know put those those heads on those drums and use triggers and things like that. Um, I will probably go with having an electric kit just cause it's a little bit less work. It might be more expensive, but, um, but yeah, no, that's, I think that, and that gives you the ability to like feel like it's real as well as like, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some benefit too, especially like those. Um, yeah. Those things and like all the like sun house stuff with like those triggers. It's like, it kind of, can turn something into a different instrument than just like a MIDI controller at, at some point that you're hitting, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. The only downside to electric drums are acoustic drums are way more fun. Sure. That's yeah. all I have to say. Like, yeah. When you actually get behind an acoustic kit, it's just like, it just obviously feels better. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to sort of like promote or anything like anything you're working um, on lately? Man, I yeah, I I would say at this point I I have the record that I put out um previously through Smoke Still Home that's like available everywhere. Um that's the last thing that I that I put out. I'm I'm writing a little bit. Um but yeah, right now is it looks like touring quite a bit, writing when I can. Um I actually just started um scoring my first like short film. Oh, amazing. So Whenever that comes out, I'll be sure to to share it. But yeah, right now I just have my my music on you know Spotify, Apple Music, all the all the spots you can buy it wherever. Um, it's under Western Mind. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, for everybody that's listening, thank you for listening, and make sure to go follow Jason Collar on Instagram and Western Mind on Instagram and all all the socials and yeah. stream his music and buy his music on Bandcamp because it goes so far. Seriously, just oh yeah, that, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yep, it's all there too um and yeah go go dig into your favorite artists and listen to some good music and stuff you know yep all right well Um, thanks for chatting with me man i appreciate you having me 
absolutely. Thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we'll chat with you all later.